welcome, welcome. This is another episode of In Due Time. I'm your host, Dan Erica, along with my amazing, wonderful husband, Joe. Hello, everyone. And we are bringing you today an episode on in our Globing series. So for this series, we're doing Globing Jamaica. And we are being joined by Heather and David, who are going to give us a behind-the-scenes look at what is happening in Jamaica as they too navigate COVID. Welcome, Heather and David. Hi. Hi. Hello, everybody. Yay, great. So the first thing is that we know that one of the one of the, if not the main industry in Jamaica is tourism. And so we're curious to find out how exactly has the coronavirus, because this has impacted so many countries. This is a global epidemic. How has it impacted Jamaica? In the United States, we're seeing that there are lockdowns, and we're seeing that there's no movement or very limited movement. But what is actually happening in Jamaica in terms of how has Jamaica been responding to COVID-19? So the tourism, obviously, is one of Jamaica's largest industries, right? It's something we depend very heavily on um, and it was it has had the largest hit taken the largest hit I think uh, with the COVID um, due in fact to that our prime minister actually closed our borders pretty early we were one of the earlier countries to decide that we were not taking any incoming any more incoming flights that mm. was at the near the end of March wow um, okay and very like within very short order, of course, all of the hotels also then then closed, um, and of course, the all of the related uh, parts of the economy to tourism, right? Are are a lot of our um, like drivers, you know, who would normally transport drive drive tourist buses and so on. A lot of the tourist attractions and so on that depend on. Tourism, they're all closed and, and all closed really by the end of March. Every, everything in that industry was shut down. Um, and, and unfortunately, workers have been, you know, furloughed, have been laid off uh, with, with that happening. Wow. So wait a minute. We know in the U.S., everybody's probably hearing a lot around all the social programs that exist. Different question as to whether or not they're actually helping people. However, it, 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 when you mentioned it just now, the magnitude of it j just hit me. How are people then surviving? Because you, you said the hotels are closed down. The tourist attractions are closed down. The, the people who transport, you're talking about your you know, tour buses and your taxi right. camps. All of that is closed down. And Jamaica doesn't have those social programs, or are there programs that are able, able to assist people and provide them with financial resources while they're out of income? Yeah. So, so two things. One is some of the um, business owners have, you know, in my opinion, done a very responsible job of trying to take care of people. So. Mm -hmm. Some of the tourist attractions, for instance, have tried to still provide some income, even if it's only partial income. Ah, okay. Some of their employees. Um, and then the government has put together a care package, um, not similar from what the U.S. has done um, with the stimulus package, uh, where there are funds available 
for people to that people can apply for. So there are grants for businesses. There are um, unemployment payments. They don't call them that necessarily here, um, but uh, unemployment payments for for workers who have been impacted by layoffs and so on. So there is help um, right now for, for people. Wow. See, that's something that was not, we, we haven't heard anything about that here. What, <laughs> so that's what's happening from a social perspective, right? How are people mm-hmm. responding to the shutdowns? Like, how does that look? Yeah, I mean, what is it like in terms of traveling within the island? And also, the other question I have is, is there any issues getting any of the resources you need? Whether it's food, whether it's, you know... Yeah, do they have, like, essential items? Are there stores that they have open for essential items? Because, like, here in in the U.S., especially in New York, the liquor stores are open because they consider beverage... It comes under beverages as an essential item. And it is. For who? To get through this. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. You you stay quarantined with someone you don't like for, for a few days and see how that works. You need a lot of wine. Yes, there you go. <laughs> a lot of the hard stuff. So, yeah, how how are they? What what do they have in place in terms of what's essential and what's open? So, so in part related to that, we are we actually have a nationwide curfew. So, from six p.m. to six a.m., you are everybody's expected to be home, um, or as Jamaican Katana Yad. So, but otherwise, um, and then they've asked non-essential workers who can work from home to work from home, but otherwise our businesses are open. So, um, oh, and the restaurants are closed. Um, but otherwise, um, they, so supermarkets are open, the grocery stores, our pharmacies are open. I guess the liquor stores are open. I haven't checked. <laughs> David, David's nodding. <laughs> right, David knows. <laughs> um, and and actually, we haven't had any real shortages of of anything. Um, I think initially, when the shutdowns first happened, um, hand sanitizer and things like that. Yeah. Um, right. We're we're in short supply, of course, because a fair amount of it was imported. What I noticed shortly thereafter was the Jamaican manufacturers seemed to step up pretty quickly and started manufacturing and, and supplying hand sanitizer. So within a few weeks, it was on shelves and not imported, but actually made here, which is which is nice. Um, wow. And the. Uh, I mean, we've seen all the stories about toilet paper. Yes, of course. <laughs> there. There's, like, they why? have no such thing. We have had shelves and shelves of it. It's a commodity here. <laughs> you could make a lot of money if you got access to toilet paper. It's like, what? Toilet paper? Would you make it just ship some Our only shortage, which caused me consternation, was bun. So Jamaicans eat, right, this... Uh, Easter, we make bun for Easter generally, but it's available all year round, which is like a sweet bread almost. Um, and we eat it with cheese, you know, bun and cheese for Easter. And for some reason, everything else is on the shelves, but bun seems to be kind of hard to come back. First go. This bag for Easter. Yes. Easter and since Easter. Right. Wow. 
Money to go to food. The shelves are all of them. Oh my gosh, that is but incredible. Traveling though, traveling hasn't been impacted as such because you can travel except St. Catherine where it was um, ground zero basically before, but it has been freed up now. But traveling, as long as you can go and come back to wherever you are by 6 o'clock or go and reach wherever you're going by 6 o'clock. So, so, so what is happening now is that the stay-at-home orders that we have here, which is, as Heather said, the Tanaya Yard order, says <laughs> only essential movement. So if you don't have to move, don't move. And the general population has been really cooperative about it. The government went through an extensive education period, and it has sunk. It's the first instruction given to Jamaicans that they actually adhere to. Because yeah, I was going to say, so, okay, here, here in, in the U.S. or New York, you know, people are, you know, walking around with masks and gloves and supposedly doing social distancing, which I think people don't know how to measure six feet. So are you ex experiencing that people are following those kind of guidelines, or do you have similar guidelines? Uh, what has happened is that, what has happened since, since March is that the government has been informing the country that their decisions will be data-driven. So as we, everybody went stayed at home to basically prevent the widespread infection initially, which is continuing, as the numbers grow of infection and once the numbers grow, we get more restrictive measures mm -hmm. and more restrictive measures. So it's only up the last week after four to six weeks. Mm -hmm. Only last week, the government came and said, everybody must wear masks in the public areas. Mm -hmm. So it has, as I said, the, the curfew and the, the, um, the three-feet rule moved to six feet last week. And in the stores, because from about after the second week, everywhere that was open had to up adhere to the 10 people the 10 packs per no. location rule. No more than 10 people gathered in a location. Oh, okay. Right, so so it has, as I said, been progressively, as the numbers increase, it changes as we go along. So it's only up to last week, George, that we are now told that our masks are required. required in public spaces. And most people are doing it. Most oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, everybody have. Each woman I've seen so far has a mask to fit the outfit that they have on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's be clear. You gotta be fashionable. Look, but let me tell you, this is no, this is a good Unbe point. Unbelievable. Look, look, but this is a good point because here's what people are not realizing, okay? If you are wearing your mask, you can't have makeup on under that. So you've got to have something to go look. I'm still looking good, right? <laughs> because you can only have your eyes. So when you talk about makeup, can you tell it's from somebody who I, I went through this? I'm like, oh, snap. I can't wear that. It's going to mess up the mask. Plus, your lipstick and everything will just wipe off on the mask. So when you only have the option of the eyepiece, right? Your eyes showing. So, you know, it's like, yeah. yes. In fact, Joe was just saying this morning that they have a lot of um, yeah. African yeah. African designs yeah. Yeah. in the mask, mm -hmm. um, which mm -hmm. is funny because we ordered our mask the end of February while our leaders here were saying, don't worry about a mask, don't worry about a mask, nobody needs to wear a mask. And so by the time they said, oh, you know, a mask would be a good thing, it was sold out. 
everywhere. Online, yep. stores, everywhere. Yep. yep. So, so, yeah, it's a matter of, I mean, we listen to them to an extent, but then after that, it's like, what you're saying doesn't sound logical to me. It doesn't make sense. I'm going to go ahead and do this in the meantime. Um, right. So, <laughs> yeah, because they're not, like, even last week, you, you all are saying that last week they just put masks in place to be worn in public places. That's what we did here. They just mandated that last week, but there is no, there's no enforcement of it, though. So if you go out right. and you're in a store and you don't have a mask on, there's no one telling you leave the store. You know, if you're standing right. in line to go in, and trust me, we have massive long lines. If you're standing in lines to go in, there's no one to tell you when you get to the front door after standing in line for like two hours, if you don't have a mask on, they still let you in. Right. Well, here now, as you said, we're data-driven. So the mask rule came in last week when our numbers went up to uh, 390 or thereabouts. Now, that's a low number to tell a country to mask up. Right. So, But since then, though, since then, businesses have, not, have now told the people, we put, up, we put it up on the doors, no mask, no entry, no service. Ah, Good move. So our businesses, yeah, our business people have been enforcing it, right, and, and doing exactly what you just said. Exactly. Yep. So the government isn't necessarily patrolling, and because, and and people are are I think holding each other accountable yep. as well. If you get in a line and you stand too close to somebody, they have something to say to you about this. Oh no 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 no! <laughs> See, in New York, <laughs> in New York, they have something to say to you too. But when you say to them, "Could you back up?" They're like, "Wah wah." <laughs> Happy. No, 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 no. Here, they don't move not one inch. And if and if somebody, what what we have observed here is, as David said, people, the Jamaican public has generally been very accepting and and following it because what we have found here is, you get in a line, and somebody will say, excuse me, you know, can you give me a little space? Yes, and and people apologize. Oh, oh, sorry, sorry, and they back up. Very polite. In New York, they look at you kind of blank. Right? And even when there's a line, they want to come and stand beside you like you and them are one. And it's like, we're not a couple. You're supposed to be six feet behind me. Why are you standing beside me like we're going in here together? And, and, and this is for everywhere. The liquor store, Target, you know, the grocery store. They, their, their sense of distance, they're challenged. I kind of feel like I want to do that school thing where you bring a ruler or like a yardstick and just go, look, this is how far... Two yardsticks. Because they don't, they ignore, they ignore the little footprints, you know, on the ground. And they stand right, in, right. in front or behind it, but not on it. I'm like, what, what is this? So... And yeah, no, people have been pretty good here. I mean, obviously, you always have exceptions, right? You always have somebody who's going to object and, and think nothing get, you know, that it's foolishness. But for the, the vast majority... Yeah, the vast majority are actually being very, very careful about trying to adhere to all of them. And what is, what, what is happening is that, so, like, um, in the supermarkets, they limit the amount of people, as we say, like, per, per business, based on the size of the business and wow. everything. So you'll have lines outside going into the supermarket. That's just the same as what we see there. Right. You know? But um, what we do have noticed with the curfew here is that that 6 o'clock in the evening to 6 o'clock in the morning curfew, it prevents, it prevents, um, what do you call it? Social night gathering. Right. Which is, you can't police it at night. Right. So 
therefore, what we saw in the beginning was that everybody was doing what they wanted to do at night. Right. The taxmen would load up the taxes instead of having one ah. in the, in the front. <laughs> the, bars, the, the ah. vendors and everybody would be out oh, in full force. Of course, because you can't see me. Right. right. So because of that, now they told everybody to, hey, home by 6 o'clock. And that has helped the policing of the social distancing and, um, and the spread. Because in, right now in the island, there are certain areas, St. Catherine in particular, where there are more COVID patients in St. Catherine because of the community spread in St. Catherine than the rest of the island. So, so we have the ability to monitor because we are doing and testing contact and we're doing contact tracing. So we have the ability now to basically see where the hotspots are. Okay, wait a minute. You said you said yeah, contact. Catherine, just so everybody knows, it's the eastern side of the island, that's closer to Kingston. Yeah. Okay. St. Catherine, same time, though. Yeah. So, so you mentioned something that has been a sensitive topic here in the U.S. You said contact tracing. How are they doing contact yes. tracing? Because because we're Jamaicans and we love to talk. <laughs> everybody, everybody who we spoke to, we can tell you. Go check John. <laughs> Them yesterday. Yeah, no, I was with them yesterday. <laughs> John and Paul and John and Paul. Boy, I'm glad you checked me. I just spoke to Mary and Jerome. <laughs> so contact tracing has been successful so far. Yeah. Okay, so 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 just so everybody's aware, your contact tracing is not by telephone and and right. you know data and and uh, te it's not technologically driven. It's people driven contact tracing. Oh, yes. yes. And yes. that's what I was about to say. So the Ministry of Health has been very, very active. And they're actually sending people out. They have squads that go out, and this is what they do. You know, once they've identified out a COVID positive patient, they, trace, they literally go out and retrace that person's steps. Where were they? Who were they in contact with? And, 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 they, trace, and then they trace those people's steps. Right, um, and Wait, continue to widen the circle until. Oh, shoot. Here's the thing that I'm not understanding. Are you still there? Yeah, yeah. Oh shoot. Hold on. Hold on. Okay, sorry about that. So we're doing this as a call listeners so that's why we have that that technical challenge but here's the thing that i'm not understanding there's nobody attacking these people when they're asking all these questions and going into private places like why are you here what are you doing who are you talking like are people really cooperating with them yes what happened is that this is the ministry of health which is which is um government government right so therefore if you don't allow them in they're going to come back with the soldiers Right. Oh, Jamaica is serious. Have, <laughs> so now, if, if you, if you, if they were coming to check six people and your resistance, they're going to come back with the soldiers and check the whole area. Whoa. So therefore, your same neighbors who turned you in will be like, look, <laughs> you better cooperate because you have them come to my house when all you had to do exactly. was just tell them and go with them yes. before I turn you in. <laughs> <laughs> matter of fact, a matter of fact, to show you to the extent the um when they when 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 the St. Catherine 
when they first announced that they were shutting down St. Catherine. So they, they literally quarantined the entire parish. Right? Right. Whoa. They shut down. When they announced that they're shutting down St. Catherine, everybody exited from St. Catherine that afternoon. And a, a lot of people, a lot of people tried to leave or left, left. St. Catherine. So they were the ones that went all over the island. So immediately the government said, hey, these people were not supposed to leave St. Catherine. Oh, my God. And we need to know who they are, where they are. Then somebody in Mount Salem. <laughs> I know these people. Like last they night. came in last night. <laughs> I unload them car. I mean, notice them from. The Ministry of Health was there and pick up the six of them. Okay, my people, my Montagonians, don't play. You're not going to come and infect my space. Right, right. It's right. just not going to happen. Montagonians <laughs> live. For the most part, people have been cooperative. I think where they have not been, it's been more fair, right? So it's been fair because there has been have been some stigmas attached to, oh, you tested positive for COVID or somebody in your family tested positive. And so not only are you in, in quarantine or self-isolation, but your community has now isolated you. The community oh, will come wow. So I think where people have been less cooperative, it's been mostly driven out of fear and, and being concerned that they're going to really get cut off from their community if it looks like, you know, if they have COVID or somebody in their family has it. Right. So recently, recently in the papers, they, oh, one step back, a lot of the hotels have provided room yeah. because they're closed and there's no tourism, there's no body coming in through the borders. They have now set up their room, donated their rooms to the Ministry of Health for quarantine, quarantine usage. So wait a minute. Now, so how, how does that work? Like the hotel, so people, but if, okay, who is it for? Because if there's nobody flying in to the country. The local, local quarantine. Yeah, oh. the local quarantine. So the government has, you know, asked for help. They were, as they were preparing, again, they did. Very early they got on this, right? They shut down the borders and started preparing, making sure that we had more ICU beds, making sure that they ordered more, got in more ventilators and PPE and all of that. Um, and one of the things was they knew they needed places where people could self-quarantine, right? A lot, a lot of our... Um, a lot of people don't necessarily live in places where there's adequate space, right? Right, or right. they tested positive for them to isolate, right? Gen right, multi-generational homes are very right. common here. Right. Um, and so a lot of the hotels have provided uh, X number of rooms and in their hotels that where, you know, the government has deemed that somebody needs to be quarantined or so on and needs to be isolated, that there is space available to do so. Right. So wow. what we have done now? That is incredible. And then they say that you need to self quarantine at home, and they come back and check, and you're not there. They now will self quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, don't play, don't play. But you know what? I mean, we're laughing, right? But the the the, the, the impact of this is that they cannot do those measures in New York. 
I mean, not mm-hmm. even anywhere in the state, simply because people are going to be like, that's draconian. We have our rights. Right. You can't right. force us to do this. So do not be surprised at all. You know, the malls, some malls in a lot of states, they opened up on Friday. They're going to have more stores opening your Macy's and your all these big stores are going to be opening up. And so the, it is no, it should not be a surprise to anyone that we're going to see an increase in terms of the number of COVID cases. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we have stores that are not essential that are open now, that are not being policed. Exactly. The, 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 the nail salon, <laughs> yeah. you know, the barber shop, yeah, the beauty salons, yeah. the beauty supply store. Yeah, well, wow. I, I, there are, and I mean, police just drive by, you know, there's, some of them have lines, and clearly when it says barber shop, you know that what they're in line for. But um, they're not they're not being policed at all. There's nobody checking on them. I think the biggest question that many of us have is, well, speaking on behalf of a number of the listeners, myself included, um, we know that Jamaica is a really popular tourist spot. So right now, when is Jamaica expecting to open their borders? Because people are waiting with tickets, right? And they're saying, hey, we're gonna some of the, the airlines. This is what we found out. The airlines, some of them are saying, we have not canceled the flight. So if you call and you want a refund, you can't get a refund because they're like the flight, it's June or July until your flight leaves. So we're not giving you a refund. Are Are you all hearing of any stories or any impact like that? For people either le- trying to come into Jamaica or, or trying to get out of Jamaica, given the fact that the borders are still closed. And uh, the borders are closed until when? The 15th of May? May 31st. The end of May. Okay. Okay. And see, May 31st in the States is the beginning of the summer season. That's like the official okay. kickoff of summer. So is there an anticipation that Jamaica is going to like open their borders or is it just more they're doing their own thing and they're just going to pace it based on what's happening at that time? What I suspect is going to happen, the, as our Prime Minister says, Andrew Holness says, he has to do the balancing act between the economy and the safety. Yeah. Yeah. So that is why he hasn't locked down all businesses. He has just locked down the one that has have. Right, restaurants, bars, hairdressers, gyms, gyms are closed. Okay. Now, looking forward now, the tourism sector, anyhow, he has locked the borders and locked out Jamaicans who are are potential COVID carriers from coming in to infect the island. Right. Now, he cannot open the borders now and say, okay, tourism cannot start again right. and allow those people to come in. When they're Jamaican when residents they're, abroad who want to come home. And oh. couldn't could come home. So there's a balancing act on doing that too. Wow. You can't, then again, you can't open it. And when you open it, only 10 people come. Right, exactly. It's not just store. So you can't say, you, you right. five can't come and you six can't come. Right. Wow. Right, so... What I think, what I think we'll be looking at in the future, coming up for tourism, is when the U.S. and Europe and everybody's opened up again, and and now the demand for the demand will be there great enough for us to open. Because right now, if we open it, there's nobody in America who's going to come here, 
And, and if they do come, we're going to quarantine them for 14 days. So they're going to have 14 days in government institutions right. in their vacation. Oh, because snap. Well, yeah. So, so and the, reason, the reason David's saying that, so as we mentioned, there are a number of Jamaican residents, Jamaican citizens who live here abroad right now who want to come home um, and haven't been able to come home. Right now, the government has recently just launched an app uh, for those Jamaicans to go in and apply and, and state their circumstances and get and the government will have to approve them to come home. The government has stated very clearly that when they approve them to come home over these next few weeks, when they arrive, they will be expected to self-quarantine. Um, and if they don't self-quarantine, they will be placed like David said in, in government <laughs> okay. quarantine. And everybody will now know. Exactly, because that's just the way to be able to contact trace, right? So Jamaica, just to be clear, the cases in Jamaica, the initial cases were all traced to people who traveled from abroad, both Jamaicans or, or foreigners who traveled from abroad wow. to Jamaica, Yeah. right? So um, they're being very kind of hypersensitive and, and careful about that. I anticipate, right, that as big as the, the tourist sector is, that we will reopen at some point in the coming month. I don't know that, and I think, as, and as David said, the Prime Minister is definitely clear about trying to balance um, our well-being against, kind of, you know, the tourist sector, but I don't think they're feeling a whole lot of pressure to try right. to follow what any other countries are doing um, and much more focused just on if, we if and when we reopen, how are we going to protect ourselves um and and will there be business there right the hotels aren't going to hire back a bunch of people if they don't have booking true right. that's true that's true you, you need enough and that's the same thing that they're seeing here it's like okay yeah you're saying that the restaurants are open but if there are not enough people coming in for them to generate business right. especially if they're saying you can't have sit down or you have to know spread out so instead of being able to accommodate a yeah. hundred people i can only accommodate 50 will 50 be enough for me to be able to keep my business open and pay the employees right. You know, so there's... Well, and if it's 50, it means I, ha I bring back two waitresses. I don't bring back 10. Right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> because it's half. Right? So, That's yeah. right. That's right. So this brings us to the next part. On a personal level, what we've been asking people in our earlier podcast when we first this first happened, we were looking at new norms coming into being. Like, what are some of those things that people were practicing? Because this is the thing. When this first started, everybody, I think, approached it from the perspective of us is only going to be for a short period of time. It was more a temporary mindset. Right. So as right. it has gone on, it's clear, wait a minute, not only is this longer than a temporary, it's more like a long-term temporary, but you're having to spend a lot of time together with people, with family, you know, with extended family, with just, just within that whole circle. So what are some of the things that you are learning or have learned probably about yourselves, your relationships. What is it that you've seen? Are you seeing any changes having to have having to spend this much? Let's call it forced time. Forced time. Well, and and, and a good example of that is um, for the last six months, Deanne has been trying to get me to do this podcast with her. Uh huh. So now, <laughs> as a result of this new um, norm in this quarantine, forced. 
<laughs> I am now doing it with her. So what I'm taking out of this once quarantine is over is that I will continue doing the podcast with her. So that's now part of my new norm. That's For good. all of those who are listening, my email is info at Erica. Remind, just send an email to remind him that he said this, <laughs> right? Remind, because he will say, that's not what I meant. That's not what I said. But, but, so please send me an email so we can remind him that he said this. But I think one of the things too, is that we recognize there has been a difference between honey, I'm choosing to spend this time with you. And it's like, where am I going to go? Right. To the window, to the wall, to the bathroom. (laughs) There's only so many places I can go in this apartment. And guess what? There you are. So, so, so there's no, you know, before he would say, I'll think about it when I come home, I'll tell you. Or when I come home, because we're, we're both consultants, so we do a lot of work from home. But it'd be like, oh, you know, let me think about it. Then you go out or I go out and I come back. But no, it's like, you go in the bedroom and I come out. You come out and I'm still here. I'm like, you're going to do the podcast with me now? You're going to do the podcast with me now? So <laughs> That's right. Your period of time to respond has, has shrunk considerably. You know, so it's one of the it's one of the things that we've discovered. It's like, well, darn, I have nowhere to go. And then if you're going to go outside before you could kind of maybe slip out. No, you have to put your mask on. You got to put your gloves on. You got to put your gloves on. So I, I know where you're going. You're going outside. Oh. So you're just putting on, those, you're putting on that mask to go to the bathroom because I'm not really sure. So these are some of the things that, that we've discovered. And we're pleased to say that. We really think our marriage is not going to end in either death or divorce. We really think we're going to make it. We're going to make it this time. But what are you, what are, what are you guys finding during this time of being in this forced, we're here and there's nowhere else for us to go kind of situation? Or are you finding that? Because y'all still have a lot of freedom of movement. We don't. So we're probably going to, so yes, we have quite a, bit of freedom of movement, but I will tell you, so last week or two two weeks now, when the government put those additional measures in place, so before I was going, you know, out to David's business every day and, and working from there, um, but I decided to stay home, so I have not left the house in two weeks, um, and we're probably going to disappoint everybody with this answer. I think David and I spend a lot of time together. We're together 24-7 usually anyway. Welcome to our world. Even even before COVID. Though. That's right. So, so for us, this has been just kind of more of the same and more, you know, we kind of have filled our routines with just, you know, we, now we have more time to talk, I guess, because we're at least, you know, um, in the evenings and so on, we are actually together, together. Um, we've been eating better. I think that's probably the biggest change because we've been cooking as opposed to eating more carry-out or, mm. or so on. Okay. Um, All right. And we've been exercising, like, very religiously, so, and holding each other accountable. So. Oh, okay. All right. So, honey, go get some paper. David, this talking piece. That you're saying that you and Heather are doing more talking. Honey, get some papers. You can take some notes. Exactly how? How does that come about? I've been talking. Mr. Silent? Mr. Silent? Mr. King of... Honey, we can talk about it when? When I'm asleep. David is talking. Did you hear that? They're talking more. And I'm talking more with you also. On the podcast? (laughs) That only lasts an hour for the day. (laughs) 
Like, I just, David, inquiring minds want to know. For all of those spouses who are with their silent husbands, we want to know. How? How? How did you accomplish this? Or was it Heather? How did you get him to start talking? So, again, we're probably, so in our case, he's the talker. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder he's been so quiet. He's like, <laughs> Thank you for saying that, Heather. I appreciate that. One. <laughs> Needs, needs a little more me time, a bit more quiet. A little, um, and, and so I think it's just been, he's, he's tried to allow me my space still so that I have that moment in the day where I'm able to just have my me time and then I'm willing to talk the rest of the time. So as long as I have that moment. <laughs> oh, wow. As Joe is over here breathing a sigh of relief, he's doing a happy dance. Like, whoa, whoa. It was so close. No, just, no, just, but you know, but no, but as I said, so normally he's the talker anyways, and I'm the one who kind of needs that moment, that time for myself. Um, and he's been good about trying to still allow me that time, but I've also had to be more mindful that I can't hide away in the house for three hours, right? <laughs> so my me time has shrunk, and I've had to accept, okay, maybe I have an hour and make the most of it. Right, instead of having half a day. But but Heather, you 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 you've confirmed that you know bo both people in the relationship that don't have to be, you know, the same level of talking. So as long I as there's some participation, so there's some so there's participation. I'm participating. No, but but see, she, she has already identified that's that works. So it's working for us. It is. It is. Oh. <laughs> We're still here, right? We're still here. <laughs> well, for those who are listening, talking to yourself also helps. Because I just talk to myself, and he, he knows there's nobody else in here. It's just the two of us. So he's like, oh, I'm good. I'm good. Dee's talking to Dee, and Dee's going to answer. And well, well, just keep it going. I, I have a totally different question. Um, uh, what we see here, in, and what I've seen here in New York in terms of the changes to nature and the environment. Yeah. I've seen, I've lived in New York over 50 years, and I'm seeing birds that I've never seen before. The air seems to be a lot cleaner. That's true. Um, are you seeing any kind of changes like that in your environment um, in Jamaica? Well, usually, I've seen, I've seen reports. Before, well, before I come to Jamaica, I've seen reports where in Australia or other countries where the wild animals are coming back into the town. Right. And just like how you say, Joe, you see the birds now. It's two things can happen at that point. One, the animals are not being stepped out as normal because before they would be afraid of the hustle and the bustle. Right. And secondly, you now have more time to look. To look. Mm -hmm. That's why you possibly see the birds. That's like the different types of birds that are now flying. Good point. That's a good point. So here, here in Jamaica now, we, um, the animal scene is pretty much the same. Pretty much the same. Um, I think our our big, if you're thinking about environmental impacts, it actually is a strange one. It's more about noise pollution. Yes. So Jamaica is a very noisy place. <laughs> because we're a very noisy people, you know. <laughs> it is a very noisy place. Where all the yes. people play their music very loudly in the, out of their cars. And, 
you know, clubs and stuff at night. Usually there's music playing in different bars, loudly and so on. And I guess that is the biggest difference I've noticed. It's mainly because of the curfew, but also because there are less people, right? Our schools are closed. And the wow. um, yeah. people are working from home who can work from home. Yeah. So there's a little bit less traffic, a little bit less of the blast in music, a little bit, you know, by 6 p.m. in the evenings, it's really peaceful and quiet. Wow. Um, so I think that's the biggest change as far as nature itself. I think it's been normal, you know, the I, norm. I am pretty sure that every Jamaican by 8, 9 o'clock is wondering, wow. What's happening? Right. Exactly. It's, it's abnormally quiet. Abnormally quiet, especially on the weekends. Yeah. Abnormally quiet. And I know for a fact, out of my head, of course, <laughs> that the government will be trying to to emulate this after the curfew. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, Who can I get a quieter Jamaican? Jamaican? Yeah. Yeah. You know, well, that's interesting because that's also the, the other thing that we're wondering, like, what will people take? What parts of what we're seeing now will people take to create their new normal? You know, what are some of the practices, some of the things that we're doing now that it's like, you know what? This is what I discovered that I do more of. And even when we go back to everything being open and a lot of movement taking place out there, I'm still going to hold on to these things. Like... I think um, that's what we've been we've been asking. What are you, what are you finding? Have you identified anything that's in that category? That hey, even when when this is over, this is something that I'm going to continue doing. You're going to incorporate it as a part of your new routine. I guess the sanitization factor. What because as I said to Heather before before COVID. It was okay to have the flu and sneeze on people and wipe your hands all over the place. It was acceptable. Yeah. Come to work and you have a cold. Now, going forward. Yeah, we think people are going to be more conscious. Yeah, man. There, there is going to be a check on the very normal influenza, much less the COVID going forward. Also. Yeah. So That's sanitization, I know, is going to be... Um, what I what I even I say to Heather... What, what, what I question is the social interaction that mm. we're going to have to come. Because human yes. beings are social. Yes. We like to shake our hands. Yes. Hands, we like to hug. We like yes. to Jamaicans in particular. Yeah. yeah. They're very affectionate. Very, yeah. And yeah. that's how, if it remains the same, it's going to change the personality and culture of various cultures. Mm-hmm. So what wh- have you all seen any kind of changes like that? Because I know, like in in New York, they have a well in Hispanic community, they do a foot greeting where instead of bumping fists, they they bump feet. They'll do like hit, you yeah. know shoes together. And of course, there's the there's the elbow thing. Are what are what are you? What, is there a new so, way of yeah, greeting each other in Jamaica? Jamaicans are doing that as well. And you know Jamaicans, they make a song about everything. They have a couple of songs that have done food. Version. Right. Um, but but I think the thing is. I think, and I think some of that will continue after all of this is done. I think people will continue to greet each other with elbows or whatever, because it's kind of funny, right? It's kind of fun. Yeah. I think beyond that, though, as we said, Jamaicans are very, it's a, it's a very close-knit community. It's a community where people are accustomed to 
hugging good friends they haven't seen yeah. in a while. You know, it's a yeah. lot more touchy-feely. Yeah. And I think people are going to go back to that with just, as David said, more hand-washing and more making sure that if you have a cold, you don't go, you know, you don't go, be more conscious of those things. Like, otherwise, it would have a profound, I think, impact on the culture and who we are as a Jamaican people. Wow. Um, and, and I don't think that's going to be lasting. I was saying to somebody the other day that I think for four weeks or six weeks or whatever it is, after we all actually kind of go back to quote-unquote normal, everybody will be very mindful of these things, and then everybody's going to forget and yeah. go back to, yeah. you know, and go back to true normal. I think the other part of your question, though, was kind of on a personal level. What have we learned? What are we going to continue? Yes. I think there are two things. One is we've been exercising almost every day and holding each other accountable. And I think that is, we were exercising before, we've been a lot more consistent now. Yeah. I think that is something that yeah. will continue. Yeah. Um, and the other thing is, we used to say before, when before pre-COVID, you know, every evening we really should sit outside and, you know, recap our day and just talk and reconnect before we start to deal with the kids and the bills and the house and the, you know. Yeah. And we've been doing that. I think we've been spending a fair amount of time. We're fortunate that we actually have outdoor space, we have a veranda and so on. And we've been sitting out there, and I think that is also a habit that will. Before we used to say, oh, we need to do this, and then life would get in, right? Right, exactly, exactly. And the, but now we've been doing it, so, and I think that's, that we will continue to do. Well, I know one thing is going to be continuing with us also, more and also the trip with we, what you and Joe just took a while ago made you look at life a certain way. Yes. I'm pretty sure that right now, going forward, every move we make, we're going to want to is this a necessary move? Do we really need to do it? Yes. 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 Very true. That's is a good this, one. That, is this necessary? Right. That is do very... we really need to buy something outside or can we... Because we've been become very self-sufficient, right? Yes. It's every day, we, right? That is actually a really but good as, point. As the, as the amenities finish, because we had certain things, whatever it was, we would... When this started, we would be having our one per day, one per day, or two per day, whatever it is. Right, right. And That's true. to run out. Right. Realize that um, we're under lockdown. You start right. to know whatever right. it was, fucking half. One right. every other day. One every other day. Exactly. And then one for the week. And then when that item finished, right. you can't week. get any more. Exactly. Start to, you start to realize that. Did I really need this in the beginning? Or, yeah. or you start to think, do you really need it? So yeah. how badly do I need this? Do yeah. I accept that it's finished and I just move on? Or do I run out to the store to get it? And this, <laughs> this went from Q-tips to uh, vitamins to chocolate. To chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> should I get? Should I stock up and get a couple of bars in case I can't get back out? Yeah, less is more. Okay. And, and that's what we learned. Less is more. I mean, we, we have... Yes. We, we survived with a lot less. And then and now you start looking at all the stuff you have and like, okay, wait a minute. Do we need these things? Yeah, that's very true. That's very true. And yep. I think around the traveling piece, because we're, we're, we tend to be like, like you guys, we tend to be on the go a lot. We do now look at, okay, what are the, 
what are the chances? Like, what could possibly happen? Because this all happened in New York just so quickly, right? In terms of the yeah. lockdown, the shutdown. You had pretty much 24, 48 hours to kind of get back to your home base. And we often talk about what would have happened if we were in France, because we flew through France to get to West Africa in January. What would have happened if it happened at that time? Right before we could get to France to take to stay there for seven hours to get our flight back to New York. So these are the things that really you're absolutely right. We now wait and go. Maybe I do need to downsize with what I pack, but also be more selective. You know, in terms of what I'm taking in the event that I'm gonna get stuck there. Right. Um, so yeah. You're absolutely right. I, I had not thought of those kinds of changes. But, and, and then the, the flip side, too, is we went to, we always go through as the seasons change and we'll take stuff to like the Salvation Army and to um, different places, uh, different, there are um, a couple of places here in New York City where they'll take clothing and they'll take food and, you know, give to be able to feed those who need it and be able to clothe them. And we took the clothes just at the beginning when this started, and they wouldn't take it. You know, so it was like we don't we don't want any clothing. We don't want any clothing. And then we took we went back, at, and this was in in March, like the the middle of March, and they wouldn't take any food. So it was fast forward. Now this is the beginning of May, and now we're seeing that there's this huge shortage at the food bank. And let me just say, we were not giving them open things. We were talking about like canned goods. canned goods yes cases of snapple right the stuff that we had in the vending machine because we of course the company where the vending machine was that's closed so all the supplies that we had bought to restock the vending machine were like well we don't eat canned and all this other stuff let's take it and give it away and there, right. nobody wants it they won't take it so we're gonna try again. So if there's anybody out there who's listening, and you know you're in New York City and you're in need of some cases of soda, cases of Snapple, um, you know, send an send an email info at dnerica.com because we are trying to give this away. It hasn't been touched. It's sealed. It's in the case. It's closed. But no, nobody wants it. So again, it's just it's really interesting seeing how human behavior is changing as we adapt to these these new circumstances. These new ways of being. Wow. Very good. What is the one thing, in closing, what's the one thing that you, as Jamaicans at home, would like Jamaicans abroad to know? <laughs> Ponder. Ponder. I tell you what. I tell you what. <laughs> One thing that we would want them to know is that this is possibly in my lifetime the first that I've ever felt the government is for us. Wow. Based, yes. Based, um, and, and this comes from seeing what could have happened as to what is happening yes. in America. Yes. Yes. Very true. Very true. So based on what? the government has been doing and in protecting us based on what he has been informing us in his briefings, keeping us abreast, made us feel comfortable enough for as stubborn as we are to relax and do what we need to do to get this done together. So I want them to know that we are okay so far 
And it's been a little while now, but we are okay, and that we'll be okay. We're confident of that. And we have never said that about a government, and it's not election season. Then again, it is election it's season. Always election. It's, all, it's always election season. You know, it's funny. I was thinking that. <laughs> it's always election all season. leaders, just to piggyback on what David just said, all leaders around the world are in a very tough spot, right? They yes. have tough decisions to make and in some cases unpopular decisions to make. Yes. Um, not right, you can't please all the people all the time. That's right. So we'll always disagree. That said, I, I agree wholeheartedly with, with David, but I have observed and what I have felt is a government and, and I include the Prime Minister and all his cabinet members and, you know, the health workers and so on, extended right, government officials who have really taken the bull by the horns and tried to stay ahead of this. Yeah. Which, you know, I think especially for a small country, a small island that doesn't necessarily have all of the wealth or resources that an America has or, right. or some of the other, you know, countries in the world have, right. True. that they were able to do what they did and that today, right, two months, three months into this thing, Jamaica in an island of three, almost three million people only has 430 cases and we are fairly comfortable that they are doing a good amount of testing. Could they do more? Yes. But that they're doing a fair amount of testing and contact tracing. So we're fairly comfortable that it is, while the number may be bigger, it's probably bigger than that. It's not a lot bigger than that. Right. Um, you know, they, they've, done a, they've done a good job. And we feel, I think, to other Jamaicans abroad listening to this, to know that we feel good. We feel safe. We feel comfortable. And as David said, we will, we will get through this. Yep. And, and we're Jamaicans. You know, we're going to bounce we know we're going once it's over, we'll do it. right. turn it around and get creative and do the things we need to do to, to make this economy tick again. Right. And That's even right. though, I mean, we are, he has informed us that the numbers are going to increase. Right. Yeah. We're being very honest. And as, <laughs> as they increase, things are going to change, and things are going to change, so we expect change. But the balancing act is there, and we are waiting for it, and we are willing to work with it, because we yeah. see progress. Yeah. The United States can learn a lot from the honesty and the integrity and the um, being, being being transparent to their um, to their uh, uh, constituents and and citizens like Jamaica. So I'm hoping that a lot of United States leaders take that to heart because it sounds like Jamaica is doing a fantastic job. And you can't touch the numbers. I mean, I. I am very skeptical of numbers because I somehow feel that numbers can be skewed any way that you want to, depending on the story that you want to tell. But you honestly can't touch those numbers because looking at, again, like you said, Heather, there are almost 3 million people in Jamaica and look at the numbers of infected cases. I, I don't care what they're saying about the numbers in New York. Those numbers aren't right. Right. When they're saying, oh, the numbers are lower. No, they're using those numbers again because they want to people to feel reassured so they can go back out there. But what they have not said that you just so aptly stated that the leader of Jamaica said is there's going to be an uptick. We're going to see an increase in these numbers. And we have not had that honest conversation here in the United States. They're just like, oh, it's going to, you know, the numbers are going to go down and then they're all going to go away. And, and, you know, especially if you take some Clorox tablets, we won't get into that. But, um, you know, so it's, it's that kind of, 
not being realistic and so having people feel like you're keeping me inside unnecessarily when if the numbers are going down ergo then I can go outside so I think there is going to be a rude awakening for people in the US who have not yet grasped understood or accept this fact and then there's also where they may think well yeah a couple million of you all have to die before this will go away we don't have a cure for COVID-19. There is no cure at this point for the coronavirus. So to think that it will go away, it, it that's not realistic. Where is it going to go? Because we have no way of getting rid of it. But I, I just want to say that thank you so much for sharing that view as Jamaicans in Jamaica, because on social media, what we're seeing is that there's a lot of anger from Jamaicans abroad saying, hey, why is Jamaica doing this you know why are they treating people this Jamaicans this way so to hear from people there how you all view it when you're the ones who are directly impacted by the actions and you're saying we understand people are looking at it on the outside and saying those are some serious draconian measures but you know what yeah. you all understand and it's working yeah well and you know just to, not to drag this out but the but the economy is definitely taking a hit and, you know, folks like the local farmers and so on are definitely taking a hit because if people aren't going right, restaurants aren't buying. Right. And so, on. Yeah. so we understand the frustration. We understand the anger. But on the flip side of that, um, where the public health interests are concerned, the government has taken the necessary steps so much so that the World Health Organization actually recognized Jamaica several weeks ago as having done a really great job in yeah. managing the case and and getting ahead of it. Yeah. Right? They didn't wait to say, oh, we have 400 cases, so we need to get some ventilators. They right. They immediately getting things in place. And, you know, not every decision is popular, you know. Um, it never is when you're And hindsight is twenty twenty. Everybody right. quick second guess. Right. But I would not want to be in Prime Minister Holness's shoes right now, and I think he has done a, a credible um, job given the circumstances. Wow. Yeah, it should be the business of saving lives, and that's what's important here. And 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 yeah. it seems like they have the eyes on the prize on that, so that's important. Yeah. That's great. Exactly. Listen, I, I will live to rebuild my business and and the, help to rebuild the economy. But if I don't live to do that, then um, oh, right. That's right. Exactly. That's right. And like you said, not for nothing, the the cases in Jamaica were brought in. It started from what we've read in the news with someone from the outside, from the UK coming in. Exactly. So again, it's to safeguard against that to go, look, you're coming in, test you. On that note, we're going to leave you with this very real thought that we shared with the team in Australia when we spoke with them. We are, we are especially, we know that especially coming from New York, we will are probably the lepers of the world right now. And just even going from another state, nobody wants anybody from New York in their presence. So we will be renting a car that does not have New York tax, preferably Alaska would be good. And we'll be using our passport as ID because once you show that New York license, they will not let you in. They will not. We can only cross a bridge to Queens yeah. or Brooklyn, but you can't leave New York. You can't go Rhode Island. You know, you can't go. I mean, nobody wants anybody from New York. Well, I mean, so. this is a true story. So um, I have relatives in South Carolina. Uh, one person from up here in the north, in New York, 
I had a family member ship South Carolina plates to New York. He put the South Carolina plates on his car. He drove to South Carolina, got there safely. Someone in South Carolina told him, told on him, told, told on him and then they arrested him immediately because he was from New York. Oh. Those were probably some Jamaicans in South Carolina <laughs> who told on him that. Told yeah, him. Yeah. Yep. You know? we, don't play, we don't play that. We don't play that. <laughs> We were good. We, we were good until wait a minute. But you came to South Carolina, so 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 yes, absolutely. But you know, I mean, we're laughing, but we understand yeah. it was out of fear yeah. that this person did this. Like I want to be able to get to a place of safety. Yeah. The measures that they took totally, you know, wouldn't do it. I totally understand. But but again, it just goes to show that in that moment when you're focused on what can I do to save my life, because New York is dense. Yeah. You know, there's no, there, there's limited space for us to walk around and be able to maintain a six-foot distance consistently. So we are truly, there's a lot that we can learn from the little island of Jamaica. We lick about with Talawa. So it is, <laughs> it is great that uh, the World Health Organization has recognized our, our, little, our little rock, our little island in the sun. So it has been, we're going to wrap up. It has been a wonderful time sharing with you. Globing, and yes, there are people who are going, that is not a real word. It is now. So thank you. Oh, oh, it, it, it is a real word. It, it's real. It's real. You are globing with us, and we thank you for joining us here at Indu Time. We have been globing in Jamaica with Heather and David. Thank you, thank you, thank you for sharing this thank one time you, with us. Jill. Thank you. Yes, thank you. We also want to invite our listeners, if you have questions, if you have comments, if you would like to share wherever you are in the world, your globing experience in navigating Corona, please send an email to info at dnerica.com. That's info at D-I-A-N-E-R-I-C-A.com. We absolutely want to hear your comments and your feedback. Hopefully the Jamaicans who are listening Please send us your feedback, your comments, now that you know more around what's happening for those who may have heard but not been able to get like a full picture of it. We'd love to hear what you have to say. We'd also love to do an interview with you so we can hear about what's happening in your part of the world. We know that we're all going to get through this and that all things will pass. It always does and will in due time. It's been a pleasure. And until we meet again, and we know that we will, take care. Take care.